Today on Locked on A's, we're talking about Kirby Sneed. We're going to go over his 2022 season, and I've been saying it for a while. He's going to break out in 2023. I'm going to tell you what he needs to do to make my dream his reality. And then I'm talking about the MLB playoffs because I got some thoughts and I'm going to have some fun. It's Friday. Let's get loose. Let's have some fun and uh, let's get into it. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 474 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burkett. On today's show, it's the Kirby Sneed episode. Uh, I like adding the words episode to just things, and so it's it's the Sneed episode, and that's what we're going to be doing today. And then in the third segment, I'm going to be talking about the playoffs, some quick takeaways that I've had uh, just from. Games that have already happened, games that have already existed. Uh, currently, the Yankees and Guardians are in the bottom of the ninth, tied 2-2. I'm hoping the Cleveland pulls it out because I got some hot takes on this series if they do. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be recording as that game's going on, so hopefully uh, it ends by the time I'm done here. But uh, before we get into anything, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And before we start, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's lots of great content up over there. And also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us that you want answered on the show, go ahead and join our Twitter community for Locked On A's. Pose a question in there. There's lots of great A's fans in there. Make some friends. Talk A's baseball just all willy-nilly. Have a great offseason in there. And also, if you haven't listened all week, there is a brand new A's site coming your way. It's called Inside the A's. It is in affiliation with Sports Illustrated. And uh, I'm going to be... I'm going to be running that thing. I'm going to be writing for it. I'm going to be uh, getting getting stuff published. It's going to be fun. So uh, go go ahead and go to that site. It, the launch is on Monday. I'll be talking about it uh, a decent amount on Monday. Uh, and, you know, we're, we also have a Facebook page. We also have a Twitter link or a Twitter page. So uh, go follow us at Inside the A's over there uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. But we, we've been waiting too long for, for today to happen because today is the day. It is the long-awaited show where I tell you why I think Kirby Sneed will be a breakout candidate in 2023. You probably remember that Kirby Sneed was one of the players that came back from the Blue Jays in the Matt Chapman trade along with prospect Gunnar Hogland, uh, who has not made his big league debut. He was dealing with some injuries, but he, he's doing okay. He's doing fine. He's still the centerpiece of the trade. Uh, and then as Zach Logue and Kevin Smith also came over in that deal, and they have already made their A's debuts along with Kirby Sneed. So when Sneed came over from 
Toronto, his small sample size stat line was pretty solid. I, I was very excited about this, this lefty with long hair that was coming over. In 2021, he pitched seven and two-thirds innings, struck out seven batters, had a 235 ERA and a 117 whip. That's a, that's a pretty good stat line, I gotta say. Uh, this season, not quite as nice. Uh, he tossed 44 in two-thirds innings pitched. His K percentage went from 23.3% in 2021 down to 16.7% with the A's. His walk percentage went from 67 to 105 That's a lot more walks. And then his ERA jumped from 584 to pair with a 175 whip. Obviously, that is not the season that he was hoping for. And after watching the A's trade another stellar third baseman to Toronto, I'm pretty sure fans were hoping for a little bit more from the guys that they got from the Blue Jays this time around. Uh, but all of that is fair. All of those are uh, valid feelings to be feeling. But I think that 2022 was a year for Snead to figure some things out at the big league level. And he's going to take what he's learned in 2022 and apply it to his training this winter and come in ready to be a different pitcher in 2023. Heck, his expected ERA, which we'll get into that in here in a second, but his expected ERA was a full run lower than his actual ERA coming in at 443. That's a respectable number for a rebuilding team. That is a respectable ERA for a guy that you're just giving a chance to. Uh, it also shows that the quality of contact wasn't quite as bad as the traditional stats would have you believe. And that's one reason that I think that Sneed can turn things around in 2023. Another reason that I believe that Kirby Sneed has the stuff to be successful is that uh, he, he has the stuff to be successful. Uh, the movement on his pitches is ridiculous. His fastball ranks fifth in all of baseball in horizontal movement. Uh, everyone has a fastball. His is the fifth best mover horizontally that's uh that's one pitch and then his sinker ranks third in horizontal movement and his changeup ranks 40th in vertical movement and seventh in horizontal movement uh again his pitches move they move so much but that whiff rate not great that means that he's probably living in the zone a little bit too much I, i'm gonna get into all of that I, i'm that's a tease I'm going to get into that stuff. So so what happened here? The main issue is that he was giving up 11.3 hits per nine innings or more than, uh, a lot more, than one hit an inning on average. It's not great. That's a, that's a bad starting point, as they like to say in baseball. That's a bad starting point. <laughs> Getting you guys inside baseball here. He was also only throwing a first pitch strike 64.3% of the time. And it's hard to get guys to chase pitches that are out of the zone with all of that movement that you have if uh, if you're behind in the count. So with that much movement on his pitches, Sneed strikes me as a guy that needs guys to chase more than they did in 2022. He got batters to swing outside of the zone just 26.6% of the time. And that's, that's not great uh, because that would rank... Near the bottom of baseball, I think it's like 189th or something like that out of like 220 if he was a qualified pitcher. He's not because it they, they were go on a baseball savant. They had the year-to-year -year average or uh, yeah year-to-year -year stats. And so it would be 2021 to 2022. He didn't have enough uh, innings in 2021, so he didn't qualify. But it wasn't great is all I'm saying. That's not a great swinging outside of the zone percentage. 
That means he's living too much in the zone and not getting guys to chase. I think that getting ahead on the count would be a nice start. But I got some other ideas too. So coming up, I have ideas on how to help Kirby Sneed turn things around in 2023. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. I just checked over at Bet Online, and if you think that the Mariners are going to come back and thwart the, the Astros' run towards their sixth straight ALCS appearance, uh, you got good odds on that because they are giving plus 1,200 odds. So for every dollar you put in, yeah, you get 12. If they pull it off, so you, you put in a hundred bucks, that's uh, that's twelve hundred dollars coming your way if you believe in the Seattle Mariners. But that's up to you if you believe in the Seattle Mariners that much or not. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. There's also the Inside the A's Twitter account and Facebook page. So uh, go ahead and give one of those a follow, one of those a like. Follow both of them. Do, do whatever you want. I don't care. It's Friday. I'm, I'm really easygoing today. But uh, let's get back to Kirby Sneed because I have laid out some of the key issues facing Kirby Sneed heading into the offseason. But how do you go about attacking those issues? I think that the first thing that I would do would to be relying on the, the sinker like a lot less because uh, he used it a bunch. He used it 16.5% more than he did in 2021, and the results were not great. Last year, the sinker had an expected batting average of 297, so the starting point was not great because he was giving up good quality contact because guys were hitting nearly 300 against him. Granted, it's a small sample size and all that stuff, but I'm, I'm really curious what the what the thought process was uh, on, hey, we should use that pitch so much more in 2022. And uh, I'm going to give you the stats on what happened when he did throw it as much in 2022. Uh, they, they hit 347 against the sinker uh, this year, and it had an expected batting average of 319. So, yeah. It's kind of just that that pitch that guys can hit 300 against, so that's weird. Uh, it was also his most used pitch of the season, and that's uh, it, use that less. There you go. You're going to be a much better pitcher if you you use it less. It's not a great pitch. I mean, you got to think that uh, if you throw it less, bad things will happen less. Uh, science, I guess. Uh, anyways, by comparison, his fastball was thrown just 13.8% of the time and had an opponent's batting average of 143. That is roughly 200 points less. That's a full Mendoza less with his fastball, and he threw it so much less. Oh, man. Uh, and also, that one had an expected batting average of uh, 150. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good pitch. It's a good pitch. Throw the fastball. 
Anyways, uh, I know that fastball usage is down around the game, and the sinker is like a fastball with more movement, so uh, I get why you go sinker, because eh, movement, blah, blah, blah. But uh, the stats say what they say right here, and that's strange to me. Uh, and the heater had a nearly 20% higher whiff rate, so I know that you can get ground balls with the sinker. That's great, but uh, I like whiffs, too. And, uh, yeah, you use, use the fastball more. <laughs> Step one, use the fastball more, use the sinker less. And uh, looking at his heat maps over on uh, Brooks Baseball, Sneed lived, lived in the lower two-thirds of the zone quite a bit. Uh, 9% of the pitches that he threw all season were in the top third of the zone. So it, it the, the, the strike zone has three levels. Uh, top, middle, bottom. So the, the lower two-thirds is the middle and the bottom. So that's... Where he was living, 9% of the pitches were at the top in that upper third uh, of the strike zone. And there were some some small smatterings of pitches that missed just above the zone or to the left or to the right. But uh, 9% just is not enough to get guys off of where you're trying to get them out. Obviously, if you're going to be throwing sliders or sinkers, uh, you know, away from lefties or in on uh, righties or something like that, uh, you don't want them to just be able to zero in on a particular area because then they can just adjust to whatever the pitch is and then you, you let guys hit. What was it? 347 against your sinker? Yeah. I don't know. Change their eyesight slightly sometimes. That's a thought. I sound very mad at Kirby Sneed, and I'm not. I'm just being goofy, and uh, I, I like Kirby Sneed, and I think that he's going to be a fantastic pitcher in 2023. I'm just, I'm having fun. I, I'm, the kid didn't let me sleep, so I'm a little bit loopy, but we're having fun. Here we go. Uh, he's going to have to live up in the zone a little bit more in 2023 to change the batter's eye line so that they can't focus on a particular spot and likely see one of two pitches, either a sinker or a slider, because if, if he had three balls in account, uh, you're basically getting one of those two pitches. Every now and then you get a fastball, but uh, you're getting a sinker or a slider most of the time. And if you had two strikes, yeah, you're probably getting one of those two. So yeah, uh, those were his two most oftenly used pitches. And if you can zero win up on a part of the strike zone, you can adjust to whichever pitch that is. They're not terribly different. So uh, he, he may have just become too predictable this season is what I'm thinking here. And that all said, there is a profile to work with here and we're not trying to reinvent the wheel uh, to hopefully lead to some success next season. I, I'm just like, hey, just switch up your pitches a little bit. Change the eyesight a little bit more. Um, these are all very manageable achievements, I think. Uh, the last bit that I'll say for why I think Kirby Sneed is going to break out in 2023 is that the A's obviously believe in him. Uh, you, you may not have picked up on this, but he was in the big leagues most of the season, like a lot of the season, and he didn't necessarily need to be. Uh, it's not like they needed like a second lefty out of the bullpen because there was, uh, you know, Sam Mole and then there was Selman. You had Jared Koenig, you had Zach Logue. Yeah, hell, you had Adam Kalarik who was also an option. There was also A.J. Puck, who, you know, is the main lefty, I guess. Uh, they, they had lefty options that were also bullpen guys throughout the course of the season. And, uh, yeah, they, they didn't necessarily need to keep Kirby Snead in the big leagues if they if they did not believe in him. But Kirby Snead spent most 
of the 2022 season in Oakland, and I think that that is because the A's see something in him and wanted to allow him some time this season to get some reps at the big league level and time to figure some things out. Not everybody excels at baseball right away, especially at the major league level. Uh, relievers are notoriously late bloomers, so watch out for Kirby Snead in 2023 because he's got movement, he's got the pitches, he's got the stuff. If he can get that first pitch strike, he's going to start mowing guys down, so watch out for Kirby Snead in 2023. Welcome back to the Locked on A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please uh, leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. There were on all of them. So whichever one that one is, uh, five stars right there. Boom. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am by Jason B on Twitter. And also, if you could follow Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook, it's going to be a great, great time. I'm going to have lots of fun just writing again it's gonna be a good time and uh you know maybe we'll have some other some other people writing as well <laughs> anyways let's get into some thoughts that i've had on the mlb playoffs so far uh and this is after thursday's game so spoilers for games that happened before thursday uh, and also on thursday but i am so mad at the mariners right now uh first off they, they made the playoffs look super easy in the wild card round against the Blue Jays. And as an A's fan that has spent many seasons rooting for his team in the postseason, it should not be that easy. They were down by so many runs. And then they're like, oh, hey, how about we go score like eight runs immediately? And then they, they win. Uh, not, not cool, guys. Uh, plus, they made it so that Matt Chapman has still never won a playoff game. The year that the A's advanced and, you know, won some games in the playoffs, uh, he was hurt. Before that, it had been, I mean, he didn't make it last year. And also, he'd only been playing in wild guard games. So Matt Chapman still has not won a playoff game. And uh, I'm wondering if he's cursed now. But also, the Mariners uh, really did a number on the Blue Jays there. So, uh that, that's great, I guess. And I was like, hey, cool. Well, let's see how they do against Houston. And they were winning so, so much in game one and also in game two. But instead of winning either of those games, uh, they decided to pitch to Jordan Alvarez. Like, the... I get that, like, maybe he could sneak up on some guys, but uh, Jordan Alvarez, they faced this guy 19 times this year. You know who Jordan Alvarez is. You do not pitch to him with the game on the line. That's a really dumb decision to make, Scott Service, the Mariners manager. So, yeah, I'm a little furious with the stupid Mariners right now. They made the playoffs look easy, and now they're going to be just letting Houston just waltz right back into the ALCS, and I'm tired of seeing them in the ALCS. It has been, this is, I mean, assuming that they win one more game this postseason, uh, it'll be their sixth straight season in the ALCS, and I'm tired of Astros fans just having success. Uh, granted, they only got one World Series, and it's tainted, but uh, I don't care. I'm tired of the Astros. I want them to go away. That's why I wanted the Blue Jays to win in the first place. This does not spark joy, Marie Kondo. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the Mariners so much because I thought that the Blue Jays had a decent shot of actually being able to hang with Houston and, uh, I don't know, beat them sometimes. Hold a lead, perhaps. That'd be great. 
Uh, on the bright side, though, the Yankees and Guardians got rained out on Thursday, and I think that the rain in New York may end up being the MVP of this series. Uh, yes, I know that my playoff predictions have been horrid so far. I'm pretty sure that I've gotten all of them wrong, um, mostly because I was trying to put you know pieces together that I was like, hey, I'd like to see that. Let's make that happen. What, what's the argument for that? And uh, that's not how the playoffs work, apparently, so that's fun. Um, but there was supposed to be an off day on Friday uh, today for b the teams before they headed over to Cleveland for game three. But now they will be potentially playing or that now they they have uh, that the game is over. Cleveland has won. They have vanquished the Yankees. And uh, what a what a extra inning frame that was. Spoiler alert. Uh Jose Ramirez hit one like just behind third that nobody caught and he ended up on third base because the Yankees threw the ball around the infield. Uh, so that was great. And then uh, there was another bloop that landed just beyond first. And uh, that's how they took the lead. And then Josh Naylor added, added an insurance run on a double. But yeah, that's why the A's are going after contact guys. It's because stuff like that happens. A bloop and a bloop led to a run. No more bloop and a blast or a walk and a blast. No, bloop and a bloop. That's how you win baseball games in the playoffs. And uh, I, I'm intrigued to see if it works like that for the A's as well. Uh, Cleveland, I, I okay, let, let's get back on track. I didn't really think much of Cleveland coming into, uh, into the playoffs, but holy crap, they've been really good. They shut down the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, so I, I am holding them with much esteem now and I'm really hoping that with them playing three straight games against the Yankees because they got rained out on Thursday uh that they they can actually pull the series out because the Yankees were already rested that doesn't matter but Cleveland I mean they're not getting like an extra day of rest for their starters because they're still on the same days so it doesn't really matter you just or using your game two guy a day later, and then game three and four were already going to be those guys anyway. But I think that the arms that Cleveland has in the bullpen are a fearsome bunch, and they can handle the three-game stretch, and they might be able to close it out by game four in Cleveland. We'll see. Uh, but either way, I think that if it's an all-hands-on-deck scenario, if they split in Cleveland and have to go back to New York, and if we're in an all-hands-on-deck scenario, I think that the hands that Cleveland has uh, are better than the hands that the New York Yankees have. We saw the Yankees' hands throwing the ball around the infield on a bloop. It should have been like a, a lazy double, but it ended up being a triple, and then they also did the same thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, the hands that Cleveland has are better, and therefore they should be uh, winning the series if it goes to five because they have better pitching. Uh, I know that Garrett Cole is going to start one of those games, and hey, if they win that game, great. It doesn't matter. They can still Cleveland can still lose the Garrett Cole start and be okay. That that's that's my takeaway from uh, all of this. Go rain in New York. I love the rain in New York. It's a great time. Uh, but I was overlooking them when the playoffs began, but they're going they're going really well. I think the Guardians might actually have a shot here. Uh, I, I'm scared of them facing Houston because they don't hit home runs or anything, but hey, maybe they can make enough contact. And I... I am intrigued in that series now. I don't know. I thought that they would get rolled over in a couple of these series, and they haven't. So I'm very intrigued as to what's going to happen here. Go Guardians.
Uh, maybe. Is this the first year of the Guardian's name? I think it is. And uh, wouldn't it be something if they finally changed their name from Indians to Guardians and then they won the World Series immediately? Wow, they should have done that, like, uh, I don't know, in 1948. And then they would have just been winning World Series the entire time. But, uh, nope. Anyways, uh, last note that I got on the playoffs. Uh, if the Padres end up winning this series against the Dodgers, I'm going to be so happy for Bob Melvin. It's currently tied 1-1. Uh, the, the series is tied 1-1. They're playing tonight in San Diego. That's exciting. Uh, but to get to the NLCS, they would have had to have knocked off the 101-win Mets and then the 111-win Dodgers. Uh, that is, that's a feat to achieve. And Bob Melvin and his 89-win, not like bag of misfits or anything. They still got like Juan Soto and some guys. You Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove. Uh, they got some guys. But they're doing it without Fernando Tatis Jr. too. So uh, they, they got so much gusto and heart. Uh, there you go. Uh, actually, I got one more point here. And uh, you may have seen Trent Grisham, uh, if you've watched any Padres games this playoffs, you may have seen him just uh, going off. For, for this postseason for San Diego. He's 5 for 14 with two home runs, four RBI, and three walks. He has an on-base percentage of 526. Uh, if you've watched the Padres, you've seen him doing something on the bases, either on them or trotting around them. Uh, so not only are those great numbers after he hit just 184 on the season with a 284 on base uh, while playing gold glove uh, defense and center field, but you you may also remember that uh, he was originally drafted by the Brewers, and the, in the 2019 NL Wild Card game, the bases were loaded. Josh Hader was on the bump for Milwaukee in the bottom of the eighth, and Trent Grisham was just a rookie. Uh, he was a rookie uh, that season, and he was playing right field. Juan Soto was up at the plate, and he smacked a single to right, and the ball snuck under Grisham's glove and rolled behind him. Washington cleared the bases. They had been losing 3-1. to one. Then they took a 4-3 lead on that misplay, and uh, they went on to win the World Series. So there's that. That was, uh, that was Trent Grisham's claim to fame for a while there. And uh, he was traded to San Diego that winter in November of 2019. They, they moved him quick. Uh, so for him to be having the postseason that he's having just makes me happy because that memory must suck. And now he is making a bunch of new memories with a new fan base and, uh, you know, just doing his thing in the playoffs. And he's not letting that one play from his rookie season define him or derail him. He's out there. I mean, he, he didn't even have a great regular season. It's not like he's continuing. He turned it on for the playoffs. And uh, all of that just makes me very happy. And uh, funny enough, both Juan Soto, the batter in that play, and Hayter, the pitcher, are now Grisham's teammates in San Diego. And that's baseball. It's it's wild sometimes, but it brings a, it, I'm legitimately smiling ear to ear because uh, Trey Christian, good guy. I like him. Uh, he's also only 25 years old. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he does the rest of his career because uh, the, the regular season was not kind to him, but he's got a great glove. Kind of like Christian Pache. There's a, I mean, there's two playoff teams that I can name off the top of my head. Uh, Cleveland and San Diego have guys that can't hit a lick playing center field, but they're, just fantastic defenders. So uh, I think that Christian Pache, if he can hit like, I don't know, 210, 
I think that uh, he, he's got a place in Oakland because there is a blueprint now for two playoff contenders. Granted, there's some other players on these teams, but uh, just just keep that in mind. Anyways, uh, the, the World Series champion, uh, Washington Nationals that year of 2019, uh, they, they won against the Houston Astros. So maybe Trent Grisham's error and uh, the, the strife that he had to face for a couple of years there needed to happen for us to avoid an even worse timeline. At least that's what I'm choosing to believe. But uh, anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, thank you so much for making a lockdown as your first lesson of the day. Now, go make your second lesson. John Lund unleashed Bay Area Sports Talk because longtime Bay Area sports personality John Lund of Papa and Lund on KMBR 6, 680. Uh, he takes on all Bay Area sports so you never have to miss a thing. From the biggest local stories to post-game breakdowns, in-depth analysis, and big-name guests, it's the Bay Area Sports Podcast you can't miss. Uh, that, that was... No, this is the Bay Area Sports Podcast you cannot miss. Locked on A's. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Also, make sure to follow us uh, on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am by Jason B on Twitter. Uh, if you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community at Locked on A's. Pose a question in there. I'll answer it on the show. I might even write an article about it at Inside the A's because I can do that now. So uh, be on the lookout for that sucker on Monday, it'll be all over my social media feeds. So uh, make sure to throw me some clicks because that is how I get paid. Anyways, uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I will talk at you on Monday. Monday.